listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Susan Kaplan, and this is The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today, Matt Sransky of Western Mass Politics and Insight and Cynthia Simpson from the Springfield Republican. Thanks to both of you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Thank you. The legalization last month of small amounts of recreational marijuana in Massachusetts has been a bit bumpy, including delays imposed by the state legislature on some parts of the law. But no matter, it's still illegal for individuals to sell pot. And we reported this week about a salesperson openly trying to work around the law in a Craigslist ad. Here's our reporter, Nancy Eve Cohen, reading the seller's disclaimer. I am selling you an empty bag. Marijuana placed in that empty sandwich bag is simply a legal gift. Matt, the district attorney says this is a fraud. What do you make of this pot move? Is it a gift or not? Well, I mean, it's it's certainly a creative way to get around whether or not it's a gift. Um, I, I, I think that they're going to have some difficulty uh, avoiding some level of prosecution. Perhaps it could actually be prosecuted as a fraud rather than an illegal sale because, you know, I mean, maybe there's somebody out there who wants a perfectly good plastic baggie and is going to pay money for it and is going to get more than they bargained for. Cynthia, are you expecting more confusion and, shall we say, entrepreneurial shenanigans before the marijuana law is sorted out? You took the words right out of my mouth. Entrepreneurship is alive and well in Massachusetts. Um, Pretty inventive, maybe illegal. I say, take our time. You know, it's going to come. Your day will be there to make money. Okay, well, on to more news of the week. Bristol County Sheriff Thomas Hodgson's offered his inmates to help President-elect Donald Trump fulfill a campaign promise. Let's listen. I can think of no other project that would have such a positive impact on our inmates and our country than building this wall. A wall along the border with Mexico, of course, and the move is getting mixed reactions here and across the country. Cynthia, do you think this is a serious offer or a move to get publicity? You know, it might be a little bit of both. He's a Trump supporter, well-known. Um, it's in the spotlight. He's gotten his uh, time on the news. Um, at the same time, using inmates for public projects is a long-established practice. Our own Sheriff Ash, uh, for many years, used them uh, to clean our roadways and for other community works projects. Matt, Attorney General Maura Healy told The Globe, quote, this proposal has no basis in law or, frankly, common sense, but Is it different exactly, as Cynthia said, than any other prisoner work assignment? Well, if we were a border state with Mexico, there might be a little bit more of a legal way to to get around it. I'm not sure that there's any legal avenue to ship dozens of inmates out of state to build a wall in another uh, whole part of the country. And, And more importantly, it's worth considering, given the fact that I'm sure there's some diversity in Bristol County as well, I believe that's where Fall River and New Bedford are, uh, they're going to have diverse populations. And they, I think it's a little bit ridiculous to have them build a public project that they might find personally offensive. I mean, this isn't like cleaning the, 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 the roads or, uh, you know, building, uh, you know, a, a school in a nearby, nearby community. This is something that is charged with a whole lot of uh, divisiveness that typified the election. That's an interesting point. Should prisoners have a choice about not wanting to do something because of their personal dislike of the task? Well, I don't know exactly what the rules are. I have have to be honest about that in terms of what what these kind of work things are. My understanding is that generally there is a certain voluntariness to them because you can do other types of 
you know, work in the uh, the, the jail. Um, I don't think they would. I don't think they can compel somebody, certainly not to go clear across the country, uh, to do something that they don't want to do. We may be hearing more about that. Lastly, the 190th session of the Massachusetts State Legislature was gaveled to order this week, and all 160 state representatives and 40 state senators were sworn into office. Matt, you wrote this week that the state's got a fair number of millennials working on Beacon Hill, but their clout will be limited. Talk about that. Well, I mean, it's the the curse of being a freshman, no matter uh, who you are. I mean, there's always going to be uh, a learning curve as well as an influence curve you know people there are some representatives that would be there for 10 years before they have that kind of the kind of influence to really change policy in the house of representatives senate's smaller each senator has a larger portfolio larger level of responsibility i think you've seen the influence that somebody like senator eric lesser has been able to have i expect um or before him uh we uh, senator ben downing just retired recently he also had a fair amount of influence early on um, but it's going to take time for those young state representatives, even the ones who might have been there a term or two already, mm-hmm. to get the influence they need. Cynthia, let's talk about exactly that balance between legislative experience and the value of a fresh perspective in leadership. Should legislative leaders always be the ones with decades in office? No. In fact, I find it very refreshing that we have these uh, new and younger members of our community taking roles at at the state level. Um, This is great. Fresh eyes, fresh perspective, a diversity of viewpoints, I think, is integral to the future. So in the opening of the new session, uh, both Stan Rosenberg and Bob DeLeo talked about this next session. Matt, what do you think are the most important things? What do you think they should be looking at and will look at? Well, they'll definitely be looking at marijuana. We know that already. But I think that one of the more interesting things that kind of slid under the radar but is really important in the, in the failure of question two, the expansion of charter schools last year, is educational funding. There, Stan Rosenberg talked about how uh, it's been 20 years since they built that uh, budget structure and funding structure, and it's now time to review it. And there's a lot of pressure from uh, school committees for them to do just that. Cynthia? I think the fate of uh, new sources of revenue for this state are going to be important, albeit granted marijuana is going to be one, but they need to look very carefully at where they turn their attention to to raise new revenue, whether it's fees, like the registry of motor vehicles. I'm not saying that's coming, but they are forms of taxes. But where do you go to make those uh, Do you want to go out on a tiny limb and say what you think might be the most reasonable ones that they would have some ability to get through? Well, I think that Airbnb tax is is clearly one that will probably go through fairly easily. Airbnb wants it, so it it shouldn't encounter that much resistance. Why do they want it? I think it's about they want to be treated um, on a certain level on the same way as hotels. They want a certain level of credibility that um, they don't necessarily have by kind of being or renting out somebody else's couch (laughs) to you. All right. Well, that was Cynthia Simison of the Springfield Republican and Matt Sfransky of Western Mass Politics and Insight. Thanks to both of you and thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to the shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch this segment anytime by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or by going to nepr.net slash podcasts. I'm Susan Kaplan, and this is New England Public Radio. 